0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin, Josh. It's been ten games, so we can look at the table. Uh, it ain't great. We're gonna talk about it. Let's go.
1: I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty gritty. Nico, so. yes. yes. For
0: the oh. Kill it. the are on the verge of a home victory tonight so i am totally in sort of a downer mood tonight um kev why don't you cheer us up because you watched some soccer that made you happy this weekend didn't you I, I watched some soccer that made my year um
1: yes liverpool won the champions league final it was a crap game but i don't care um they lift the big shiny thing at the end of it, and it was great. Uh, I was telling you off air, they can get relegated next season. I don't even care. I'm good for five years. Uh, like, that's li- – leading up to this, <laughs> so I've, I've followed Liverpool for about 10 years, and leading up to this with the European Cup and the league chase with City, it, it wasn't fun anymore watching the games. It's just, it was stressful and, and, and anxiety-inducing, and I like every fan just kind of needed a release. And so like, if we would have lost that, I don't, I might've quit the podcast. I might've quit soccer altogether. It would have been rough, but, uh, but no, this was, um, I'm on cloud nine (laughs) right now. So, uh,
0: well, good. You can sort of lift us and carry us through this show. I should say me, Josh. I feel like we've, we've had a lot of conversations over the past few days and I feel like you're probably in a better mental state than I am. How are you, uh, how are you sustaining that? (laughs) i think it's
2: mostly a front i'm not really in a great mental state i'm more of a like yeah this sucks but i've seen much worse from this team could be worse uh but yeah i mean there's a lot to talk about uh, including a win which you know it's easy to forget because of that last game but uh yeah gonna be playing an mls team
0: pretty cool not it hi mark not cool but yeah Pretty, pretty not pretty cool not yeah cool. Kevin just like gave a smiley That's, shrug. Yeah. He doesn't care. He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> no. I just love the championship." I, I do.
1: No, I, like obviously like that that was that could, that could have been like the highlight of the season, right? Playing an MLS. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but playing an MLS side at Highmark and it is just really unfortunate. It, it's we were unlucky. It's in the draw stupid. Like it's it's beyond stu- I mean the I mean, I'll, I'll disagree with you on it. Because, what, you're going you're gonna to say that it should be mandatory that they play the home game for a USL side?
0: I'm going to say that it should be mandatory that whoever is the lower table or lower league side should get the home match. Like, that's that's been the call across the league from, like, everybody. I don't care. If the Hounds – we talked about this. When the Hounds had the chance to go play Erie in Erie, like, we all sort of said, yeah, we'd rather see the Hounds at home. But it would be fantastic if they went to Erie to give the Erie fans something to go out and watch, and that's what the Open Cup should be about. When you're playing inter, you know, inter league play, like when we had Indy, I don't really care, like home, away, whatever. You'd love to be home, but in cases like this where it's cross um, league play, yeah, man, like the home team should all, or the the lower division team should always get the game because the whole point should be to help promote soccer amongst the u.s this does nothing i mean we had the steel army going to columbus there's going to be a few people that go out to watch this game it's not going to be attended like an mls game because the columbus fans aren't going to take it as seriously and the hounds fans would take it more seriously so why not have it at high mark but okay i
1: go i'll ahead. just I'll, I'll disagree with you and give you the other thing. it's just well, not necessarily disagree I, I'm, I'm just more on this other side with that perspective than you're and, and, you know, this could be what you want to do. This could be what everyone wants to do, and that's fine. But you're intentionally making the competition unfair. And I know that's harsh in, like, extreme language. But you're altering the rules to try to give a benefit to a certain side.
0: You have amateur players I who get work construction, I can, who works construction jobs I get playing it. against professional players that practice five days a week. It's already unfair. I, look, I can I, that.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it, it's not not as because th- there's more of like an outside hand kind of you know manipulating the pieces here and in, in this scenario where you're saying okay, the lower league seed always gets a home side, which is you know yeah like I don't think it's I don't think it's entirely unreasonable. Like I don't, I don't think it's a crazy idea. I, I think it could work, but it, I think you just you're walking a fine line between trying to give an advantage. To a specific team every time, based off of a role, and I think you you start getting a little little sticky in that in that thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, and there's other parts of the of the U.S. Open Cup that are in favor of MLS sides. For example, them not coming in until this round, uh, when they could be brought in an earlier round, where more of them would be likely to be knocked out. But for some reason, they decided I'm not going to make them come in until the very end here when you know they thin it out the crowd and, and a lot of USL or a lot of MLS teams are actually playing other MLS teams so it guarantees an MLS team gets through instead of playing USL sides or uh, even the winners of the matches that aren't USL
1: it's all rigged man it's all about <laughs> the benjamins i mean I, I will say i mean you you could look at it from a flip side perspective and say you know so a, a lot of these players would dream of the opportunity to play in a stadium like you know some of these MLS sides. I mean, you know, I'm 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 looking online here. What the the I can't pronounce the the Columbus Stadium, Mofre. Mofre Ma- Stadium, Ma- yeah. yeah, Stadium. It costs thirty million dollars just to build it. Like you know, like to play in a thirty million dollar stadium on that pitch in front of. It's not going to be full, but i would in say, front of the, you know in front of in an empty stadium. But I mean, <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. But, you know, it, but it's that's that's something that like I, I'll once it, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just I'm sure there are scenarios. And let's even say let's take it a bit more extreme. Let's say it's not a championship side that gets to this level. Let's say the Dayton Dutch Lions get to this level. Do you think they would rather play? in dayton dutch Lions stadium or go play in columbus cruise that'd be that'd be amazing against columbus crew so i think there are scenarios where certain lower level teams might relish the opportunity actually to play in, in bigger stadiums and and to take that away from them every time would. Be
2: well like, if that's the um, case though, there's also the other side of this which is a team can opt not to host uh, so at first refusal is what we would be talking about so like for example Highmark mark stadium we like hey we can host it or if we don't want to have to pay for opening up the stadium or if we don't own our own stadium like some of these other lower league teams like uh oh, we can't really afford the rent and then like we don't want to have to get the personnel and blah, blah blah we we opt not to host the game and it automatically gets the other side which is how it works right now like if you you can choose not to host uh as an option uh so i mean right. this would not stop
1: that
0: from being a possibility for some teams I think two things. I think one, you know, the scenario where you have Dayton Dutch Lions, they make it through, and they're playing Columbus Crew, and they have the opportunity for Columbus to come play to them. All I can think of was, what was that movie, Mystery Alaska, where it was the New York Rangers, like, came up and played on the frozen ice. Like, that's amazing for those fans, because the fans aren't going to be able to travel. I mean, some of them, yes, will travel, just like the Steel Army is going to travel to Columbus, but you're not going to have every person that's at Highmark on a weekend go to Columbus for this game. And so you have that side of things. The other thing is, Kev, you know, you were sort of mentioning, oh, you know, it's fantastic. You get to play in this massive stadium. The Hounds went and played in Nashville, and it was a packed stadium. They played in Cincy no, in I, a yeah, packed stadium. I, I they played in, in, in Louisville. Yeah. Like, what's in, what's going to a- be more exciting? Um, you know, the Hounds playing against Columbus in front of five thousand people at Moffray or the Hounds going to you know the new Louisville stadium where it's twelve thousand people and it's a league match.
1: No, absolutely, like in our specific case of the Hounds, I agree with everything you're saying, and yeah, it's the Hounds players. It's not going to be that big of a deal, um, but you know, as soon as you do that rule change, you're introducing that that opportunity. Now I'm fine. The whole opting out of it, I guess, could be a nice little elegant solution, um, but yeah, no, I <laughs> so, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you guys made good points. I,
0: like, yeah, we just but solved the Open Cup. You're welcome, you UEFA or whoever it is that <laughs> runs it, USSFF. <laughs> I don't care at this point. I really don't care at this point. I'm just... I've, what what I heard that they... You know, we've been saying for so long that what this team needs to draw fans is a deep run in the playoffs or a championship. Or to have... Everybody keeps talking about the DC United game where they came and played at Highmark. And we said, okay, we're making it to the round where there's MLS. And it was just like, by yeah. the way, you're going to Moffre. It's just Lost like... the coin w- flip. Uh, it's just... Uh, uh, it's... Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, it,
1: it, another kind of interesting kind of rule change could be as soon as you introduce MLS teams, uh, make
0: it a two-legged affair and have both a home and away game. I, look, I will... Not to discount what you're saying, Kev, I will never put any <laughs> stock in the Open Cup again. Like, because my whole thing was... Let's be realistic about. Yeah, but you knew the rules going into this draw, like, uh, like I I may have, but I kind of ignored it because I was like, oh, ah, yeah. let's just play at Highmark. Mark. So as soon as it went against your favor, you're like, ah, oh, this sucks. It's so I want <laughs> to. Yeah. Look, what's the point? I mean, the the odds of a USL team actually winning the cup are slim to none. I know that Cincy got a lot of buzz because they made a deep run or whatever, and now look at Cincy. They're in MLS and they're firing their coach and like having all sorts of issues and whatever, you know, but they had that moment. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, but also on the flip
2: side of that is the fact that it it, going on a deep run will get the Hounds recognition. Like beating Columbus would be a big deal. And I feel like it would be, you know, it would be making headlines in Pittsburgh and people would take notice of the team, even though it's not at Highmark stadium. I mean, the, the fact that if they were to beat, columbus is going to be a big deal
0: okay i mean uh my my counter argument to that is to whom like that requires that somebody's covering it and it's in the paper or it's on the news and people are talking about it and i'm I, at this point i feel little confidence i feel like that gives them something happen. to talk so. about Oh, I, I totally agree that it should be something that's talked about. But until we see fair, it, fair we won't know for sure. So, here, best of luck. Let's let's hope the guys go and they get a win and we see how it all plays out. So, we have some sense of what to expect in the future. And maybe restore my hope in the Open Cup. Um, because then maybe we'll get, if we beat Columbus, maybe we'll get the next MLS team at Highmark. Who knows? <laughs> Probably not. Because that's the way it goes. Guys, the whole way that we got there was the Hounds beat Indy 1-0 on Wednesday to get there. Um I, I the the note that I had here is do we care and I feel like we just sort of talked through that. Is there any any real takeaways from this at all? I mean, from my perspective it felt I don't want to say like a listless game until Kenny came in and just changed things and, you know, shot from 20 yards out like we've been saying, just take the ball and shoot from 20 yards out and it happened. Hopefully, this gives him some confidence. Gives some other players confidence to think they don't have to pass it all the way into the six-yard box. But is there anything else of worth to discuss in this game in particular? (laughs) I forget a lot. I mean, I was there. I (laughs) watched it,
2: and I met everyone in the crowd in the Steel Army section uh, in the Paul Child stand. Was pretty much like this is gonna go to overtime, and then to PKs. Like, we had no doubt in our minds. Like, no one's scoring this game. This game is, like, dead. And yep. it was kind of just, like, waiting for the inevitable to happen. And then, yeah, when Forbes came in, it, you know, the couple of subs, actually. I mean, I felt like there was a lot of life once subs came in. And it, it did feel like a different game or, like, it, it was a little bit more exciting. And then just him getting that that goal, which, unfortunately, if you're looking at that goal and then also look at – uh, the weekend game at Indy a, a very uh, similar situation outside the box and just rips it in uh his went bottom left i believe um and it, it was one of the situations where it's just like holy crap this isn't we're we're not going to have to stay here until you know 10:30 <laughs> or whatever at <laughs> night waiting for this game to be over with so it was it was also kind of one of the situations where it was a we- weather delay uh, we had to wait i think an extra like half an hour or so before the game started so kind of Got a later start, and it was just, you just had a feeling this was going to be an all nighter
1: Yeah. G- Games at Highmark are turning into that one friend who you know always shows <laughs> up a half hour late, so you end up just like, you know what I mean, like start hanging out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's just tell everyone 7 o'clock, but we're actually making it 7.30. I feel like that's what's happening here. I, was I will actually- say, I, I was surprised at how many starters we actually had in this game. I expected more rotation. I mean, really, it was... If you look at the lineup, Kyle Morton and Net Fine, if you want to consider that rotation. Um, Adewale, Greenspan, Uzo. uh, And then Noah Frankie and Kasai, both, I would say, French players. But then Zio, Ryan James, Velarde, DeSantos, Brett. Um, So, I don't know. I I, I was expecting maybe a a bit... Yeah, a bit of a a softer side. and, And, you know, Lily goes pretty strong in my argument with that at least. Not argument perspective. Yeah, and um I, mean, I will also say that Martin right. actually.
2: He showed up. I mean, he he did he kept the hounds in that game. Yeah. There was a couple of shots that, you know, he did save and if it wasn't for him, we we wouldn't have been going through cuz I don't think we would have gotten that goal if we would have gotten behind. Um, so, yeah, I, I was impressed w- with Kyle. I, I thought he did a fantastic job in that game. Uh, it was nice to see him back on his game, and I'm hoping it's you know sign of things to come because uh, we know he can be a great keeper, and so it, it was nice to see that. And uh, I'm hoping, that, yeah, we, we see a little bit more of that from him.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I think I made the comment on Twitter that, that basically just reiterating what you said, where during the game there were a couple of key moments that he came up big, which is what you need your keeper to do, and uh, and he did. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that affects rotation at all moving forward. Um, obviously, Pack got the start this weekend, but uh, yeah, we'll see from there.
1: I think also what now that uh, this might have been the case even before this Open Cup game, but now it's like unequivocal. Uh, like, both Forbes and Kerr are, like, have more – have actually, wait, we could probably say they have more goals scored than – no, that's not true. I was going to say Brett, DeSantis, and Valesky combined, um, but that's not true. DeSantis has won. Brett has a couple pens and what Valesky has Everyone won. has one besides um, uh, Brett
2: and Kevin. Uh, although Forbes, that would have been his second goal. I can't remember who scored in the other Open Cup game because the Open Cup games don't count in the stats that I look at, so I, I can never remember.
1: Okay, yeah, I was trying to include all comps. I know, I know Brett had a couple in, in all comps, so he might yeah. he might be up there. But yeah, and then Robbie Mertz gets. Uh, hey, you're, you're going forward. You're going weekend, forward. Too, we're, so. we're not done with the Open Cup game. I know. I'm just <laughs> saying, like I, you know, the the freaking goals by our strikers are non-existent. <laughs>
0: So let's, let's talk quickly about uh, the women's team before we get into the game this week. So Steel City FC had two games this weekend. We talked about most of their games play through June, most of the league games. So in order to make that happen, they have a lot of back-to-back games. Um, in this case, both of them were at Ellis. After drawing nil-nil with Hershey last weekend, they stomped them this past Saturday 5-0, which is yeah. huge. That's awesome. Um, Sunday, they ended up playing from behind against Penn Fusion. Unfortunately, lost 5-3. There were a couple of people we know that were there. Uh, Laura Ellen and Justin were there. Um, Matt Polanski were there. Laura Ellen said, an observation from the game, these women are way tougher than 90% of the men um, being pushed all over the place with little complaints. They play the ball and the whistle... The Pittsburgh men's team should learn this lesson. Polanski backed that up but where he said how women's soccer players seem to be more physical than men. In the, in the game, two players went after a ball, both missed, kicked each other in the foot, and kept going like nothing happened. Men's league's players would have been rolling around like they were dying. So if if that's one aspect of the game that you hate, like I know I personally do, like I think that it sounds like the women's team is a welcome reprieve, go check them out for sure. Um Justin added, he thought that they were, that, that Steel CFC looked like a good team. Um, you know, they uh, they have some good players. He mentioned specifically Sabrina uh, Pettinato, playing mostly right back, was a player that stuck out to him. And he said, despite giving up five goals, Jessica Neal had a solid game in net, made some good saves. Um, but overall, he just said, you know, people need to come out and support, and he hopes the team continues to grow because it was a super fun experience, and you're basically right on the field where you get to watch. So, if you're in town, absolutely go check out Steel City FC. Um yeah, it's a good time.
1: Yeah, some some photos over on the Instagram, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. I remember.
1: Yeah, it sounds awesome. I mean, like hey, if, if Steel City FC keep winning and the hounds keep losing, I mean, we, we are <laughs> we are dedicated to soccer in Pittsburgh. I mean, there's nothing like we could, yep. <laughs> We could take a little side swipe and cover Steel City FC a little bit more and uh
0: yeah, absolutely. So the ladies get another shot at Penn Fusion. Um, they'll be at Penn Fusion on Saturday. So they lost 3-5. to five. Hopefully they can turn it around just like it did against Hershey. And then on Sunday, they'll be at Torch FC at 3 p.m. So, again, another back-to-back. And then after that, they just have some. They have two Sunday games um, and then a Saturday game to sort of wrap up the season before they, they start the playoffs. So you don't get a lot of opportunities to see them. Um, like I said, after this weekend, the following two weeks, they'll be at home. So if you get a chance, absolutely go out and check them out. Um, it sounds like it's a really good time. So I need to see if I can maybe get in one of those weekends because I definitely want to check them out. But uh, awesome stuff. Keep it up, ladies. Um, hopefully we can see a, a, a nice postseason run here. Um, back to the guys. Hounds went on the road. I, you know, other than other than the early goal by Robbie Mertz, they ended up losing 2 to 1 I mean in terms of takeaways <sighs> we didn't start that bad and it was a great goal
2: it yeah, was a great I mean, goal that goal was awesome yeah, I, yeah. The, the build up to that goal seeing uzo uh you know make that run it's cool to see him getting the start and uh, doing a great job there and then uh Valesky, freaking Turning that ball, and I thought that was awesome. Like, he yeah, juggled jugg- it and turned it, and it was great.
1: Yeah, juggling it on his knee like twice, like in yeah. the box, just you know, turns the player. Yeah, and he, yeah, he fired the ball at Mertz. And Mertz's first touch was great. Like, he yeah. just kind of took it down on an over and just ripped it in top court. Yeah, it was, it and was a it's great also
2: ball. good to note that that goal is the first time anyone scored on Indy 11 at home since last season. So, yeah. I mean, th- that was like a really cool moment where it's like, hey, you guys haven't been scored on at home since 2018. Uh, Mertz you know hometown boy getting that goal so that was awesome I mean that, that the start of this game was good and it felt like heck
0: yeah here we go again let me ask you this question because I was thinking about this as the game was progressing and in it's a bit of an unfair question but I'm gonna ask it anyway if you were picking a starting 11 right now and you had to pick Mertz or Kerr who are you taking
2: Josh? I mean, it's still Kerr if out of those two, it's kind of a weird one because I do feel like Kerr, you know, has gotten more goals and is a good distributor of the ball. I, I feel like Murce doesn't have that quality. He is more of a go-getter and like attack, 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 which is great. It is something that is good to see, but he's not really the one he's going to be, you know, commanding the midfield and distributing the ball to where it needs to go. Kev?
1: yeah I'd say a thin line between them but right now just based off of form alone I'd say Mertz uh you know I think Kerr was a bit hotter earlier in the season and now Mertz is just coming on to, you know
0: coming into his own a little bit more now um so I mean the reason why I asked the question I think the reason why it popped into my head is that it feels like Kerr and Mertz and I'm this is in no way knocking Kerr I think Kerr is a great player I think he's having a fantastic season but I think they're both sort of indicative of the type of game that the hounds can play where to me Kerr very much symbolizes sort of the old guard been there. This is how we're going to play. This is how we're going to do it. Even though Kerr himself is very versatile. Whereas Mertz is sort of that like spark of hope. He's the new kid. You see him out there with the heart throwing his body into everything. And it's kind of like if, if you're, if you have to pick one or the other, which one sort of in my mind is the forms the heart of what you would like to see this hounds team become. And I kind of feel like I'm leaning more towards Mertz. There's just more of a spark there for me, but I still feel like they play the same like position even like, I feel
2: like it's like a different role. Like I feel like we need both on those fields. Oh, I,
0: yeah, I absolutely agree. We need both. I'm just thinking in terms of, I think what came to mind was like, Kev, you mentioned, maybe it was last week where we talked about Mertz's performance. And you said like, those were the traits that you want to see of a captain. Mm -hmm. And so that got me thinking like, if, if Mertz is the captain, then that means that there's sort of this shift in, in sort of what you perceive as leadership on this team, you know, more so than a Kevin Kerr or a Kenny. And those are very different styles of leadership. Sure, and yeah. and and they're different representations of what you want your team to become and what you want your team to emulate, and so I think that's sort of where that question came from. Um, again, I'm not knocking either player. I think both players have been fantastic, and I wouldn't want to see either player leave the Hounds. It's just it was just something that came to mind, and since you guys were talking about him.
1: I don't think Kerr has the fitness to do what Robbie Mertz is doing. Um, no, I agree, but yeah. to me,
0: it's like I almost like saying, "Like, who would
2: you rather have, Tommy V or Greenspan?" I'm like, those are two different positions and plays. Like, yeah. that's
0: not the same. Like, what? <laughs> like, that's not a question to me. Maybe, maybe yeah. I should have rephrased it as the captaincy question. So, who would you rather have as a captain, Kevin Kerr or ah, okay. Mertz? At this yeah. point,
1: I, that, I, that, that feels better to me. <laughs> I think if we're just being blind fans, it'd be fun and exciting to have Mertz. But I think that would do. Uh, negative things to an already broken dressing room. I agree. <laughs> um, uh, to, to give this young kid uh, the captaincy. Uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't be good. But, I mean, hey, like we said, I, if I had to guess, I don't think the dressing room is in a great place anyway. So,
2: <laughs> I mean, well, in that aspect, though, um, oh, crap, I just blanked on the name. In uh, the Columbus crew, you have the hometown boy, and he he's gotten the captaincy, which... Well, uh, trap. There we go. Yeah, Trapp. Will Trap. Could not think of Trap's name for a second. But yeah, like Trap has gotten the the cabin scene. He's the young guy, but then again, he's also like getting called up to US national team and stuff like that. So he he has some more clout than, you know, a couple games under his belt.
0: Yeah. So you guys talked about, you know, the first whatever, 15, 20 minutes, <laughs> 30 minutes was really good in this game. What were your overall impressions of the rest of the game? Cuz I, I mean, look, I told you. I'm I'm on a bit of a downer. After Pasher scored, I had zero confidence that the Hounds were going to – I mean, it was in the 81st minute, so it was late in the game. But at that point, I was like, well, that's it. Like, we got we got the L. It's over. You know, the way – our style of play just felt to me like the goals that we saw in the past two games against Indy felt more like moments of brilliance than they were tactical precision or, or acute – play acute team plays that resulted in goals. And I just feel like those, those individual moments of brilliance only happen every so often. And I wasn't seeing that happening a second time in this game. And so I just didn't think it was going to happen, but that's my pessimistic view on things. Josh, how are you feeling, you know, after halftime?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not actually disagreeing with you pretty much at all with this. I I had no, Faith that the Hounds could bring it back after uh, the pasture goal. But I will say that I was kind of even more pessimistic or in a down mood where I did not want to see this end in a 1 1 draw. I, like, I, after that first goal from Indy, I'm like, oh, no, not a freaking another draw because I didn't know if we had another goal in us either. Mm-hmm. So it, even at that moment, I was like, ah. I would rather lose this game than draw because I'm tired of these draws and I want to see, you know, us go for the win. Even if that means maybe making a mistake and getting a goal against us, which does the ends up that being what happened. I feel like it was going for the draw and then it just happened that they got a goal. Um, but yeah, I, if, if given the choice at this point on, I'm like, no, go for the win. And if you can't get the win, then who cares if they put a goal in, uh, and you get the loss because it's it's better than not going for that win. Kev,
0: what were you thinking in this game?
1: If so, if you look at the stats between this and the Open Cup game, they're they're really similar, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and and both games, you know, we have around two shots on target. You know, <coughs> in the thirty percent like mid to mid to somewhat high thirty percentage in possession. We we don't get over three hundred and fifty passes in either game. Um, our passing accuracy doesn't break 70% in either game. Um, it, to, to put it in a different, different perspective, in, on the, in a league game on the weekend, um, we made the equivalent of one pass every 17 seconds. So just think about that in your head. Like if, if, we just, if, we, if we had dead air for 17 seconds, and then that'd be one pass, and then a dead air for 17 seconds, and that'd be another pass. To put it to put it in a different way, so Indy in that same game had one pass every ten seconds. Um, you know, it's
0: I, what is it's, the ball and, and, doing? Like that feels like a lot of time. <laughs> I many passes
1: the ball. We have to put it in the context of you know, I, I forget if you break it down by the numbers, it ends up being like a third of the game is like throw-ins and like stoppage play anyway. So like if if you want to take it out in that context and you're breaking it down even more, so when the ball is in play. I mean, those numbers aren't... It's it's across the full 90 minutes. It's not when the, when the ball's in play. Um, but I, th- I think also in a weird way, I mean, obviously, I still hate the whole football line thing in Indy Stadium. But watching it on a screen, it kind of helps you appreciate the space on the field a little bit more because you have mm-hmm. like... It's like guideline paper in school. You know what I mean? Like, a, like green <laughs> paper. Like doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so... That to me, it it helped me even see just how much. I don't know. I think our shape is all over the place. I mean, there were multiple times where I could have paused the game and there would be like a circle with a 30, like maybe not 30, I was gonna say like 20 yard radius, not diameter, like 20 yard radius where we don't have a single player in the midfield. Like, that's just it's insane. Like, the ball gets cycled over to our right back. And you know, no one's around him. Like, what do you want? What do you want him to do? Like, I, the the way our shape is right now, when we have the ball, you would think we're like Man City, trying to spread the pitch and make it big and all this other stuff. It's like we're not that good. We can't play that way. Our passing accuracy is in the toilet. Like, you need to get players around each other. And, and like right now, it's like, no, 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 spread out. Like we we can play. And and it's just it's it's not happening. And so yeah, in a weird way, these kind you know the football lines just made it so obvious to me that. The shape is all over the place when when we're attacking, and that means when we give it away cheaply, then you know we're we're already starting out of position uh, when we try to defend, and that's not helping us either. So, yeah, it, things are all over the place right now. It's I I I don't know. I, I hate to keep bringing it up because it's, it's something that I it it feels weird to criticize Lily, especially when you know. He's a professional coach, and we're not. We're not in training. Maybe, maybe something's happening. We not It's all speculation. But just from from a fan's perspective, perspective, it doesn't look like it's working at all right now.
0: Yeah, but like you know, we've talked about ad nauseum. Not this is not a lily out conversation because we're, we're still not at that point yet, and I don't know if we will get to that point. I mean, yeah, he's made the playoff every year. He's been a coach eighteen right. years. I mean, right. Right.
1: So. All all likelihood is we're still making a playoff.
0: But the point is, is that we intentionally said, hey, let's not look at the table until we're at least 10 games in because 10 games is an adequate amount of time, including, you know, not including preseason to get your guys in. They're your guys. Figure out your system and see how you compete. And we waited 10 games and we're sitting at 13th. Now, Josh, I know that you sort of did a comparison where, obviously, we had some games that are now delayed, and so we haven't played as many games as some of the other teams. And if we had played the same number of games as other teams, or if everybody had played 10 games, what, you figured we would still be in 13th, but the disparity between 13th and 1 is less than, obviously, what the table looks like now?
2: Yeah, essentially what I did is I went through and I took away all the extra games that all the other teams had. Um, so if they had one one out, of like let's say three games, that I would take away three points. So just re- rewinding everyone back to ten, uh, making sure everyone has ten games. And at that point, Rowdies have twenty points, and then it's pretty much like the spread between the Rowdies, uh, which would be in first place, and looks like uh, Charleston, which was in ninth place. Charleston has seventeen points, and Rowdies have. 20 points so that's a pretty small spread because it's it's like 20 20 19 19 18 18 18 17 17 and then when you get to 10th place which is atlanta it jumps down to 13 and you know 13 13 12 and 12 which is us at the uh, bottom of that 12 so we're in 13th place still and uh, it's a pretty big pack uh, between 12 uh, 10th and 13th and then it's a pretty small margin between first and ninth so it is a pretty tight table. And now we are still way down, if you compare us to the first place team, 12 points compared to 20 points uh, if we were all at 10 games. So, yeah, it's, it's still not pretty. It's not a pretty look, even at that aspect.
0: I mean, I appreciate that exercise, and I think what it conveys is that coming into this season, I think that our expectations were like, oh, yeah, this, this team is a top-four team. Like, you know, what's our competition? Yeah. Like, Louisville? And, you know, even Louisville is currently sitting at six. I think we were all sort of expecting Nashville, the way they were spending, Indy, maybe Louisville. And then we were thinking we would be a top-four team. And I think that what we're saying here is, obviously, we're we're not even a third of the way through the season. I think there's 34 games in the season this year. We've played 10. So this is not—it feels like doom and gloom because I think that looking at the table— A lot of us have sort of come to the realization of things are not good, but it's also not time to throw away the season. Like there's still a lot of time to turn this 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 season around. And I think Josh, what your your analysis sort of proves as well is that is this team a top four team? Probably not based on the numbers. Are they not a playoff team? Probably not. Like there's the making a strong case for this team to be eventually seventh sixth I think is totally legit but I think there's a number of things that have to go right for this team um because it's not going to get any easier from here on out it's I mean we we there were a number of teams that we looked at in these past 10 games and we said like well you know we played Hartford we played Charlotte these are teams that we're supposed to beat and they were the two games no we beat Hartford um we didn't beat Charlotte. We ended up getting a draw against Charlotte. So, like, we got to start getting some wins somewhere. Um, and, you know, the next few games are against teams that are all above us in the table. So, it's not going to get any easier here. So, um, yeah. I mean, Kev, to your point, you sort of talked about stats. We had two shots on target. Like, two. Like, that's not going to... one of them was a goal. And but. one of them was a goal. But, like, you know, that's the kind of thing... Look, I love the Hounds media crew, but that's the kind of thing where, like, they spin that, and it's like, Hounds are, are scoring on 50% of the shots they take, and it's like, they took two shots. Like, we need to <laughs> we need to be taking more than two shots. They only had 37% of, of possession. If you look at the heat map, vast majority of our activity was in our own half. We had 29 clearances to Indy's 6. Like... The fact that we had 29 clearances and 37% possession and two shots tells me we're playing kickball. And Paul White wrote his thoughts on Facebook over in the – is it the, the Hounds fan section?
2: Yeah, we don't call it the Steel Army section. It's yeah. the, the Riverhound supporters page, uh, so it's open to all. Yeah. We um, don't want to just and, make it uh, Steel Army members.
0: It was it was a great great written piece that he had there just sort of sharing his thoughts, and he basically said, look, they're, they're playing like 14-year-olds just playing kickball. They can't keep possession, and you can't argue with that. It feels like every time we go on the tack – I shouldn't say every time. The vast majority of our attack is sort of a hope and a prayer. Let's play a long ball up to whoever is there, whether it's Valesky or Dos Santos. Let's let them put their head on the ball, and hopefully it ends up at one of the players' feet, and we can make a run. And it's just not the 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 percentage of likelihood that that's going to result in an actual shot on net is far less than any sort of build-up play opportunity that you could have otherwise.
1: And I think the terminology there is kind of important. I mean, you mentioned, like, Mike, Mike, you used the word, like, can't keep possession. And it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with that. Now, obviously, these they're, they're professional players. They're great. But maybe we can say at this level against certain opposition, yeah, they can't keep possession. Because it's one thing you, know, you could look at successful teams around the world that intentionally don't want the ball and play in a counterattacking way and all that kind of stuff. It's a completely legitimate way to play you can play that it's successful leicester won the premier league with it iceland got really far in the world cup with it um but it was it it wasn't they couldn't keep possession it's that they you know when they needed to they did and but it was they set up in a style in a way where they didn't want to necessarily you know have 50 50 50 percent possession so yeah like in certain scenarios, I mean, I'm I'm sure there have been games this season. I don't know if the, don't know them off the top of my head where we've had more than fifty percent possession, especially at home. I, I'm I'm thinking of games in particular where we at home earlier in the season, um, where we we controlled the ball a little bit more. But there are certain games where it, it doesn't feel like you know in the indie game. It when we're away at indie, it doesn't feel like this is a strategy and we're playing to it. It felt like we couldn't keep the ball, and that that is concerning um especially with the way that we're yeah kind of setting up around it
0: it almost feels like and I'd have to go back and look at the stats it almost feels like this team and the way this team is playing they hope to get goals off of quick strikes like it's it's sort of like okay let's quick transition from defense to a flick off the offense and hope we can get a run in and get a goal or let's hope that you know James can make it up the sideline and throw in a quick cross and we can get head on a ball and it's a quick goal we don't... Which is fine and legitimate. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, know no. no. That. It's totally fine and legitimate. I just feel like, again, the percentage of... Based on what we've seen thus far in these first 10 games, the likelihood of us scoring off of a quick strike like that, we just don't have the accuracy to convert those types of opportunities. I feel like where we've been better and actually putting the ball in the net is build-up play where we actually have a team that's moving, you know, in conjunction. Kevin, you're giving me an eh, iffy.
1: Well, just look at our passing accuracy. Like,
0: can we we build up? Like, I don't know. That's true. But I think of – I mean, I think back to sort of Kenny's goal, which we already said earlier here was sort of a fluke against Indy. But he sort of picked up his head, carried the ball through the midfield, and shot from 20 yards out. Like, I feel like you have a better chance if you can open up a defense – and take a shot from 20 yards out, I'll take that over a cross that's at, you know, a hope that somebody's making a run to get ahead on it because we just haven't seen that happen. With at most two bodies in the box. Right, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, Okay, so... (laughs) I will
1: will say Pasher destroyed our right side. Um, uh, Yeah. Roviera, is that how you say his name? Yeah. Didn't have the best game um was that know, his first sub- start
0: like i i mean you're going up like against it was yeah you're going up against one of the quickest guys in the usl who might have you know a bone to pick with the hounds after we cut him loose two years ago so yeah it's tough yeah i mean Im- immediately after
1: Pascher's goal rovier gets subbed off for brett now i mean that could have been planned but you know I, yeah it, he and, and, yeah so rovier isn't great for that goal and then if you know I'll, I'll put my goalkeeper criticizing hat on um you know pack really shouldn't be beaten at his front post his near post like that i think go back and watch the game or watch the highlights and right before passion about to kick the ball pause it and make a bet with yourself like okay <laughs> like how much money would i put this going in and i was like there's no way i'd put money on that going in because especially you know in and yeah and i just and you know Pack kind of leans the wrong way and it goes over his shoulder. Um, so, yeah, unfortunate there, especially because Pasha looks exciting and he once was ours. Well, I mean, and we're going
0: to see it again this weekend where Francois had. Oh. Yeah, Francois had a goal oh. in this most recent game against Charlotte. He took a pen and he missed it, but I think he has three goals on the season and uh, he's been the talk of Ottawa thus far. So, uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <sighs> Any other sort of takeaways from this game in particular before we sort of talk about now what?
2: I mean, we haven't talked about the the red card for Mark Forrest. His very first start for the... Not even start, I'm sorry. His very f- first minutes for the team comes on. He's on for, like, what I think it is. Like, uh, he gets subbed in the 79th minute. He gets his card in the 91st minute. So, yeah. He's like, this like team a, is crap. I don't even want to be to do <laughs> So yeah, he's he's on the field for less than fifteen minutes, and he gets a red card for I will say a very very
1: very soft. It was a red. It card. was ex- it would have been a soft yellow. I mean it, was it would have been that, yes. like that it was a straight red. Yeah,
0: and I, our-
2: I don't know if the hounds give a crap. I don't know if they're going to try to uh, uh, peel this red card, but I don't think it should have been a red.
0: No way. Yeah, and our friends in Indy uh, who joined us last week, especially Brian and Richard, they're both saying like look. It- that wasn't a red. Like you can look at it and you can understand how the ref might have called it a red, but it wasn't a red. It's it's a yellow at most. Um,
1: I mean, the only thing I could potentially see is if I missed this somehow. But if those two players were kind of yipping at each other right before that incident, and so if like if the ref saw that they already were having like a scuffle, and then he perceives that as an intentional elbow, which it just wasn't. He was he was balancing himself and trying to get a jump and and yeah he put his elbows up a little high it was, it was a foul for sure but it's not it's not a red yeah and it's also like i'm watching the replay on it and like it
2: it doesn't even look like he he looks behind him to see where uh the other player is it's not like he was like aiming for him he was just like going up for the ball and the other player came up behind him and jumped behind him so it's like okay how did he even know he was there
1: yeah <laughs> What what if he has like a reputation that the ref knows about? I was gonna say like he doesn't even have a reputation. Like I don't even know who this guy is. Like, you know what I mean? Like if if it was like Sergio Ramos and he goes, I'll be like, well yeah, it's a red. He's Sergio Ramos. Like, he just- but it's like this guy. I don't like who is this guy?
2: Yeah. Uh, unlucky. It really sucks for him. I I feel bad that you know his first time out and he gets a red card. And has to go right back out, which at least it was in the 91st minute. The game was pretty much in the dying moments and we were already losing and not looking like we were going to make an attack anyway.
0: So (laughs) it could have been at a more opportune moment. Yeah. And Hackshaw got up and was like yelling at the ref, I'm like, "What are you? What are you? You got the red card. Like, what? What are you yelling for? Like, the guy's out of the game. Like, what else are you complaining about that you're going to influence the game in any? of – It's the 91st minute. You're up two to one, and you got the guy sent off. Why are you still complaining? And it just, ugh. like, what else was the ref going to do? Like, 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 escort the guy to a police cruiser and send him to jail? Like, what? I, I don't get it.
1: <laughs> <sighs>
0: okay, guys. <laughs> we talked about we're we're 10 games in we're in 13th what what do we do like this this clearly is not what we thought the situation would be coming into the season after last season we thought you know stakes are higher okay we got our we got our home playoff match we're feeling good even though we lost that game we brought back a vast majority of the team these guys all know lily's system they'll be able to jump right in. There won't be a learning curve. They've just got it. And the guys that we brought in all, you know, Dos Santos, Veleski, James, they all played with Lily a few years ago. So there's going to be no transitional period. It's just, boom, we're going to get in. We got Velarde. Who's this playmaker. It's going to be great. And it hasn't been great. <laughs> and, uh, what uh, you know, I, I sort of posted out there, and Phil Grooms he keeps bringing this up. Our buddy from the USL show, he said, "Forgive the leading question, but do you think the USL has progressed past what Lily's been able to do in the past with his typical tactics and personnel, Velasquez, Dos Santos, etc.?" Or is this year an outlier? Or better, do the Hounds recover from this? Josh, you were shaking your head. You don't think that the USL has passed Lily by. This whole USL's pass the lead by thing is BS. I
2: don't see it at all. It's not I, – now, I can't see an argument for maybe him going back to the well with the same personnel is an issue because the league has a progressed past that personnel, possibly. That that I can completely get behind. Yes, I understand where you're coming from there. But to say that the tactics that he has been using aren't good enough for USL, that makes no sense. Especially when last season he was one of the top three teams, and, you know, other seasons before that he's been lower in the playoff rankings, in the, you know, the rankings, the end of season table. So, no, it does not make sense to say that we just passed him back. I feel like this is a narrative that people want to be real because it makes a good story, but it's not real <laughs> it's
0: bs i feel like this is the this is the narrative that comes up it feels like every season has the league passed lily by because he's been around so long and because he had success so early on and um so i agree with you i don't continually exactly exactly every <laughs> single season so i don't think it's the case where it's passed lily by but i am concerned that when you look at the table because we're allowed to look at the table now you look at the top of the east Tampa Bay Rowdies, which is basically a really young squad. They got rid of all their older players. You got the New York Red Bulls, too, who are always there that we've talked about. It's a constant rotation of young. um, These people don't have history in this league. You have Nashville that's just loaded up getting ready for MLS, so you have a lot of experience and talent there. And now you have Ottawa, which is also sort of the young upstart. You look out in the West, New Mexico United are an expansion team. And it's basically – I mean, they they have drawn some quality players from from other teams in the USL, but for the most part, it's a bunch of young guys. And so to sort of see us go back to Dos Santos and Valeski and, um, you know, I don't even want to say James because I feel like James has had a really good season. But these are sort of – I sort of view them as USL lifers. Like the likelihood of them making the jump to MLS is pretty slim, whereas I feel like if you get some of these young guys that are coming in that have something to prove – That might start to be the difference in the USL moving forward, where a lot of people see this as a stepping stone. And if you don't have that hunger to want to progress further, then that ultimately impacts your squad. I think the only kind
1: of other side of the argument there is, you know, arguably our two best players this season have been Kanata Forbes and Kevin Kerr. And so now maybe but that's
0: that's our best two players. And we're in 13th. I was
1: going to say, yeah, you, you can make the argument that that's not good. And yeah. like that, further proves the point that we just need other players. But it, it's not like you know, because I think you you rightfully point out Veleski and DeSantis and all that kind of stuff. They have, they have, they haven't been great. Um, but there have been other kind of USL, you know, veterans that have played well enough, I would say, to be in our team. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Robbie Mertz has, has been lighting it up, and he's been exciting. So. Yeah, I mean it comes down to
2: passion. I mean that's where it comes down to. It's
1: it's that drive, it's that
2: passion. And these younger guys are gonna have passion because they're trying to further their career. It's a self-interest passion, but it's still a passion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that can be true for other players who aren't just, you know, uh, young guys trying to get the, the start or trying to improve themselves. You can have passion from older players, from veterans who love the game, who wanna do the best for their team, who have a passion for the club itself. That, that's a thing as well. It, it, I don't think it matters where that passion comes from as long as they have a passion. And I, it's very arguably that or arguable that this team this season has not shown that much passion. And when we have, have been exciting games. There's been a couple of flashes where it's just like everyone's firing at full steam. They're trying to get the ball. They're trying, you know, they're, they're fighting for everything and they've had passion. But a lot of times it feels like we're just kind of out there and we're just playing the game to play the game yeah and i don't know if i like that
1: also quickly back to the whole like has the league passed the league by yet at the end of last season we were a handful games away from from lily producing a team that you know in theory could have gotten the golden glove and the golden boot and and a home playoff game and all so you know the only way we can legitimately start having that argument is given more time is is if we have a bad season this season and we maybe start next season poorly as well, then you could at least have a leg to stand on to start that conversation. I think right now it's there's, there's just no data to back it up. Cause like, I don't even understand the
2: argument. Like I yeah. don't understand like are older coaches supposed to, get worse is that how that works i mean i I, you would think you know they would know more and they would have more knowledge of the league and the players in it like they would not get worse now i can understand they lose interest and they start getting worse but to say that someone you know, has the league passed them by? It's like, well, how does that even work? Like, I don't want yeah, yeah, I don't know. Oh, Fergie. Uh, Ferguson. Like, oh, he's, he's an old guy. He's, you know, <laughs> been yeah. coaching for too long. The league's passed him by. Yeah. No. Yeah. Get off that.
1: Yeah. All I can hear right now is the audio clip from Mourinho saying respect over and over again as he walks out of the press conference. You guys know that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I feel like with Lily right now. <laughs>
0: guys, uh, what what do we what do we do from here like what's you
1: keep showing up Monday night Mike and you keep recording I, was just... <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel like like look I feel like in the history of this show we've been doing this for four years now. the first two years feel very similar to where we are right now. last year was like w- we're go- we got a new team we got a new logo we are going places all right and then when we didn't make it we were like okay we still we got we got. We got a lot of fuel behind us. We're we're just we're going from here. It's all right. We didn't go all the way this year, and now it's like we've regressed back. And it's just like, wha, 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 what, what, are we gonna do, guys? <laughs> like it just. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, there's nothing we can do. We can just
1: keep. <laughs> I know that. I know that. Are we? Oh, let yeah. me ask you. Are we a playoff it? team?
0: <laughs> yeah. I think so. Why? What gives you the confidence to say we're a playoff team?
1: I don't. I don't think these games we've seen is our average game for the season. I. I. I, I still have hope and confidence that this team will get better over the course of the season. It's. It's not going to be get better to the point of being a top four team, but it's going to get better where it's going to kind of push that mean closer to being a playoff team. And look, and once again, so look, Lily has eighteen years. Eighteen years, he hasn't missed the playoff. I don't see any of that. I, I, and I don't uh, our start hasn't been bad enough to make me think that that's not going to happen. I mean, what's look, six draws, what? Six draws, right? Two wins, two losses and six draws. A weird lucky bounce in two games gives us four more points and pushes up higher, you know, much higher up the table and all that kind of stuff. But we it, it's not like we've lost like eight games
0: but we're staking our claim on a lucky bounce in six games so like, much of so much of soccer is luck i know so i know much i get that. Of soccer is luck i get that i get that so let me say let me ask you this you said that you're not worried yet we kept saying 10 games plus preseason is enough to sort of get us a good idea at what point are you gonna be worried what well, at least for me i think these 10
1: games have been enough to make me change my original like preseason prediction Right. So my preseason prediction was, yeah, we're going to be pushing for, you know, fighting for a top in the East and, and, and all this kind of stuff. I've seen enough now where, yeah, I've abandoned that. Like, that's gone. We're, we're not a top four team. But it, it hasn't it hasn't pushed me yet to the point where, yeah, I, I think I, I still think we have more in the tank. I still think we have there's more in us. We have room to improve um, and and, you know. <laughs> that that's all i can really tell you mike i mean like yeah. <laughs> i can't i can't give you i can't give you optimistic <laughs> stats cuz the passing accuracy and the possession is, aren't great you know our 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 the, the most likely goal scorers in our games are going to be our midfielders which is kind of depressing um you know that's it's not good but i still think we have enough Josh, yeah, um, we're a playoff team. My argument would be that the, the
2: floor of this team, we're pretty darn close to that floor right now. Like, this is, like, as bad as this team gets. Um, in my assessment, the way I've seen this team and the players that are coming back from last season, I feel like this is about the floor, where our ceiling feels a lot higher. Like, it feels like this team could be so much better than it is, but it can't be much worse than it is right now. And right now, we're kind of just a middling team that just gets a lot of draws. And that sucks, and it's not good but I feel like th- their potential is a lot higher than what we're what they're playing at right now, so i I do think we're a playoff team. I just don't think that, yeah, like Kevin was saying we're we're not a top of the east team, obviously, and especially with this slow start, like we can i I don't even know how mathematically it works out where we get to the top at this point, even though there's two thirds of the season left,
0: yeah. I have I, I have on the agenda airing of grievances. There's one thing that is really starting to just like rub me the wrong way. Um, and I know people are gonna hate this, but Lily standing up and shouting all game long is starting to drive me nuts because look, we've had the guy in the show. I think he's great, but these are your players playing in your system and if you've had an entire preseason and 10 games in and they still don't know what it is they're supposed to do i don't think that's on them anymore that's on you so if you feel like you need to basically play fifa with these guys in order to get them to perform in order for them to score something is going wrong here like they the, these guys are at a level where again they're not 14 year olds where you need to tell them like you should be 10 yards further up the field they're professionals And if you're not coaching this in practice, something's wrong. And so every time I see him stand up, it feels like he's trying to make the point of like the guys aren't doing what he needs them to do. But my rebuttal to that is if the guys aren't doing what they need you to do or what you need them to do, that's kind of on you at this point. You built this team. You built the tactics. If they don't have it 10 games in and they're still not winning – something's going wrong here
1: i i think there's some truth in that and, and i think it's you know yeah you're allowed to be a a, a yelling touchline manager in games and in moments where the team aren't playing particularly well but yeah your point is at least seemingly people who have been at the game can can correct me on this it's it's not always as easy watching it on, on my computer screen and catching this detail. But he, it, he does seemingly like almost never sit down on the bench and like what, you know, and just kind of seem content. You know, I, I can always kind of overhear him, you know, the cameraman catches audio and all that kind of stuff. And you're right. That does suggest that, you know, it's it's not going the way he, <laughs> it should have been. And, and in 10 games in, yeah, that is a little worrying. Um,
2: yeah, it could it be some weird, weird th- though.
1: Th- th- yeah, to, to, to keep an eye out. In, in the next it, couple games.
2: It's kind of weird, though, because, like, I, I have seen him sit before. And when he sits, you're kind of like, does he not care? Is he, <laughs> is he not in this? Like, what's going on? Like, I, I feel like Lily, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from there, Mike. And it, it does feel like, you know, at some point you got to let the guys play. And, you know, hopefully they took in everything you you, you taught them during the um, practices. I, I never got the feeling, though, that he's yelling for them. He's yelling for him. He's, he's, he needs something to do because he can't be playing because he's a, he used to be a player. So he, he he's I feel like Lily in his mind, he's still like he wants to be out there doing it instead of coaching it. And it's like you can't just sit there and watch the game. You have to be more actively involved in it. And th- that's why he yells. But it, uh, yeah, it is annoying. Like I, I agree with you though; it is kind of like one of those things where you're just like, "Ugh, okay, yeah, just stop yelling at the guys." <laughs> but, there there yeah.
1: could be, in theory, though, a point where that becomes detrimental to the play. Where, I feel like
2: the guys just stop listening. Like I feel like if you're if you're a player and a uh, game in and game out, you have this guy yelling at the, from the sideline trying to coach while you're you're trying to play. You just you block him out. It be, he just becomes you know white noise in the background. <laughs> because if it's not, then your your head's not in the game. Your head's on the sideline, and that's not where it should be. Yeah,
0: yeah. So if you disagree, feel free to let me know. I'm um, I'm happy to be wrong on this. It just feels like, again, you know, it's it's kind of like you're the chef. You bought all the ingredients, you cook the meal, and then you're yelling at people because you know it didn't turn out the way you wanted to. And it's like, well, it's kind of on you, man. Like if they're not getting it, then you need to get players who can get it. So, I feel like you're talking about Chef Ramsay, <laughs> in Hell's Kitchen. I didn't name names for a reason, Josh. Jeez. Ugh. So, guys, I we we clearly don't have answers. I think a lot of people are saying, "Is this players? Is it tactics?" Um, I know we. Were-
1: I, I mean, my my very short answer is no. I mean, like I think we can get more out of these players, and I think right now the way they're being set up and the shape and everything could do it. We could be a heck of a lot better super super quick thing I think it makes zero sense to play these kind of wingbacks in a system where we play more direct because it doesn't, doesn't give them time to get up the pitch and the blah blah there's way there's things you can do from an armchair fan who just watches games um, but but you know for whatever reason you know Lily knows you know maybe these things won't work with this the set of players that he has and all that kind of stuff but I, th- I think there's more we can do tactically
2: yeah. yeah more passion and don't go for the draw. If, if you're losing, just go all out. Just attack. I'd rather see us lose by three goals than to get a 0-0, or a 1-1 draw again.
0: I mean, the game against Charlotte where we were down a player and we dominated them on the offense. We didn't score, but so many people have said that was the most exciting, whatever it was, 45 minutes of a game that they've seen this team play this far. It was all heart. I will say, though, let's, let's look at the table
1: at the end of the season. I, I have a sense that Charlotte's going to be pretty far down well yeah but
0: I mean that's I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you but regardless they could have sat back and been like well we're yeah. down to 10 men and not done anything so yeah I, I, I'm sort of of the mindset Kev I'm with you I feel like the players we have are good players we're just not we're not utilizing them as best we can. So for me, that feels like it's a tactical discussion. I know Justin is talking about potentially putting together a written piece where he feels like we're actually missing like players and pieces, and he's going to try to make a convincing argument in that written piece about it. So keep an eye out for that um, over at PGN Written. So um, yeah, let us know what you think. You know, Is this a tactical thing? Is this a case where the tactics are fine and the players just aren't playing up to their level? What do you see? Because um, you know we just sort of have three opinions here um, and we'd love to hear some more and and sort of continue the discussion guys this weekend Ottawa Fury travel to Highmark um, and then really we've sort of got a packed schedule after that we have the Open Cup match at Columbus midweek and then we have to travel to Atlanta on the following weekend obviously both. I never thought I'd say this Atlanta are above us in the table Ottawa are above us in the table Ottawa just came off as we mentioned a 4-1 win over the (sighs) Independents What do two? I guess two questions. Obviously, we'll have another show before the Columbus game. Are we taking the Columbus game seriously? Like, would you? Would you? I don't even want to ask this. Would you hope to see us if we lose against Ottawa? Play for less points against Ottawa in order to beat Columbus? <laughs> We're going for that 17 seconds of silence before we say something. <laughs>
2: the answer is no. The answer is no. I mean, there, I, I, we're not good enough in this table, and our season is in jeopardy of not making the playoffs if we don't get our act together soon. And so I don't see how you can afford to lose a game in league in order to get a a win in the Open Cup. We're not in a position to be able to afford that, unfortunately.
0: I agree. So what do we think actually happens in this game? Kev, it's a draw, isn't it? Are you going to say a draw? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you
1: know, I don't know. It, we're not I don't We're we're not in great form right now, so I feel like suggesting that we might get a win would be disingenuous. because um, I, I genuinely don't think it. Um I don't think we'll get a win against most teams right now in our current form. Um
0: but uh yeah, I don't know. Do you, we'll, we'll have. do you think that the loss will have caused Lily to potentially change how he approaches this game no I don't <laughs> think he's gonna change his approach I, I
1: i think the only thing it could do is is kind of um, shake up a, you know player mentality or something or coaching mentality or something it could give a shot in the arm to the team uh, in a good way um, but I don't i don't think he's going to change his p- approach drastically I don't think we i don't think we've seen him do it for the, for the first 10 games, and I'd be shocked if he changes mid midseason.
0: I mean, just to be fair, last season we went and just played like shutdown defense. We're going to do nothing to start to open up uh, about this time last year. I can't remember exactly what the game was, but it feels like it was about this time. Josh, what do you think happens in this game? Ottawa scares me. Uh, they're a lot better. Than a lot of people thought they
2: had doing right to be, and they are. They're a Canadian team. They are, but they're a really (laughs) good team this year. I mean, they're they're killing it, and I (sighs) seeing Francois, you know, makes me sad that (laughs) he's over there. An ex-lover yeah the one that got away (laughs) (laughs) following him on a
0: facebook just like look at a picture yeah uh
2: so yeah i'm i'm scared about this game i i do think that like we're on that verge i feel like it's just one of those things where at any any moment this team can show brilliance we just need to get our act together and i still have hope that we can do that but i'm i'm not willing to call win on this unfortunately i just i don't they haven't proven to me that they they want it enough yet, and I'm hoping this is the game where they
0: do that. Let me ask you this. You mentioned sort of we're not there yet. Do you think that this team, when they get it, it will be sort of an instant we get it and they suddenly start playing collectively better? or do you think that it's going to be a progression where we're going to see them gradually get better over? three, four, five games. Josh, how do you sort of envision it going down?
2: Yeah, I mean, in my in my heart, I want it to be like a switch. I just want to see a switch get turned and uh, flipped, and, and then suddenly, boom, they're all on the same page. They're making those passes, and they're giving a crap. Uh, but, ugh, I mean, I, I have little to no hope in that, so I feel like it's probably more likely going to be a gradual, slowly getting better situation. Kev, do you agree?
1: Yeah, I think the only way we click and all of a sudden become a lot better is if we have, if we've had better performances than we've had. Like if we're still, if we're losing games two-one but playing really well, then yeah, I could be convinced that you know it could it could click and and we can you know kind of turn it on. But I don't think we're I don't think we've been doing that. I think we've been justifiably getting the results we're getting. Um, so. No, I don't
0: see that happening. Okay. Fair enough. I honestly, I don't, I, yeah. I don't have high hopes for this game. I don't have high hopes for the Columbus game. I'd love to have high hopes for the Columbus game. Honestly, I kind of feel like the state we're in now, would it be great to beat Columbus? I feel like if we beat Columbus, we sort of have lucked into it. And if we get an MLS team at high mark, super. That's like, you you sort of went down and bought a lotto ticket and you actually won like great but you, you never really think it's going to happen um i would love to see us figure out what's at the core of of these issues that we're having and write the ship over the next three four games and sort of hit july just full steam ahead and you know we've talked about this before It's not always the teams that are doing great all season long that end up making a lot of noise in the playoffs. It's the ones who get hot at the last moment. Um, Everybody's in a position to get hot at this point. So we could still be one of those teams that get hot towards the end and, and make a run. So let's see what happens. I I do think it's kind of funny. Uh,
2: Last thing about the open cup game is we're not, bad enough in the season to, to abandon it, but we're not good enough in the season to do this. <laughs> it's almost like we're in the right wrong spot yeah. of, in, in the standings right now to have to abandon the open cup. I, I feel like it, that's, you know, that's how it goes.
0: Unfortunately. Yeah. Guys, I guess any other thoughts in this one, Kev, I know you wanted to talk about Liverpool for like 45 minutes, yeah, but we, 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 we walked it back. It's cool. Um, bringing back to earth here on this side of the ocean it's all good everybody take a deep breath <laughs> <sighs> there you
1: know it's it's still soccer as much as we <laughs> how dare you it's great <laughs> i know it's great and we we devote so much time to it and all that kind of stuff but you know cheer up everyone
0: thanks to our sponsor golden River, gold Liverpool press yeah. <laughs> Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Golden Goal Press, the best choice to get your custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Doesn't have to be soccer related. If you got other things, we've been doing all sorts of projects that are non-soccer related, which is great. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places. at GoldenGoalPress.com. One thing they don't do is scarves. You got to go check out Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at RoughneckScarves.com. Head over to Mongols.com to hear all the shows we put out, including the preview shows and the post-game full 90. There you can also click over to the. Store. get yourself some of the sweet merch Mongols hat victory beverage mug lily ball shirt follow us on Twitter at Mongols at Mongols pod on Instagram head over to iTunes Spotify Google Podcasts Pocket Casts or wherever you listen to podcasts subscribe to the show leave us a review otherwise let us know what you thought about this one thanks everybody we'll talk to you very very soon cheers
1: later